The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. We are going to go through and we're going to take some looks at what the Bible describes of the other two members of the unholy trinity, okay? We're going to look at um, the Antichrist and then the false prophets. So we're going to read through chapter 13 together and then make a few observations. Uh, So there we go. Uh, John writing says, And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, ten diadems on his horns, and blasphemous names on his heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like that of a bear, his mouth like that of a lion. And it and to the dragon that we introduced to in the last chapter gave his power to him and his throne and great authority. Okay, now... Uh, rising up out of the sea, probably just a picture that this uh, this leader is going to come out of the Mediterranean world. The sea, as they would think of, would have been the Mediterranean. And probably an indication that he's going to come there from the west, from the Mediterranean. Now, the sea at that time, for the people of God, for the Jewish people, was not vacation. Uh, they were not sea-going people. We, we think of going to the sea. Yes, awesome, I get to sit by the sea. They thought of the sea as more horrific and, and dangerous and everything like that. But this beast rises out of the sea, and he comes to power. And we see in him, some of you may remember back when we looked at Daniel, these these beasts, the leopard and the bear and the lion. And we saw how that pictured Babylon and Greece and the Medes and the Persians. And then the Roman Empire comes into power. Well, what we see in this guy is kind of the culmination of all of these world kingdoms. Uh, many believe that because the Roman Empire never actually was conquered, it just kind of disintegrated, that what he will lead uh, is really a revival of that Roman Empire. So they call it the revived Roman Empire. But he is going to come to power. He is going to have this great authority. And on his head seem to have, uh, I'm sorry, one of his heads seems to have a mortal wound. Now, I want to mention this particularly because Scripture does three times in this chapter. We're going to read it two more times that he was slain like he's going to die, and then he's going to be alive. Now, God, uh, God uh, cannot be copied by Satan. Satan does his best efforts. He counterfeits things. And this is very much like, uh, you know, a resurrection. Okay? He is going to... Um, appear dead or be dead and come back into power. You know, so, you know, so when we see that, uh, if we see that, if, if we're here and we witness that, uh, that's a pretty creepy thing that's going to go on here. But its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled. Okay, they follow the beast like, like he's resurrected. Boy, we have to follow him. This is amazing, the, the signs and wonders here. And they worship the dragon, for he had given authority to the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, who is like the beast and who can fight against him? Kind of a strange parallel here where Jesus uh, talked about the idea that you glorify God, you honor him by honoring Jesus, while well, in this same way they are worshiping the beast, and in that way they are honoring Satan. And the world is worshiping and bowing down before this dragon uh, as they bow down before the beast. And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. Again, we have this three-and-a-half-year period. And it opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming, blaspheming <laughs> easy for me to say, his name and his dwelling, that is, and those who dwell in heaven. 
very possibly those who've gone ahead in the rapture. It was their fault. I'm blaspheming them. It was their fault. They were the cause of all this trouble on earth. Everything is messed up. He's blaspheming God. God has basically ruined everything for us here. But I am the one who's going to straighten everything out. Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation and all who dwell on the earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. I want to take just a moment here and talk about the idea of there are those who are going to worship the Antichrist and there are those whose name is written in the book of life. And those two groups are mutually exclusive. You're in one or the other. Okay? And, you know, we'll talk a little bit more in a few minutes about the whole idea of the lamb, uh, I'm sorry, the name being written in the book of life. But I wanted to talk about this lamb again who was slain before the beginning of the world. As we started to sing that last song and talk about creation, I was reminded that God's plan of salvation was perfectly in place then. God is not reactionary. God did not say, oh, stink, Adam messed up, I got to get a plan. Okay? Oh, no, now he's messed up, I got to get a plan. God had it all planned from the beginning. Uh, he was slain. Uh, that was in God's plan. God's plan of redemption was perfect from the beginning. Okay, he's not making it up as he goes along. Uh, God is infinite. He is outside of time. Uh, he is not impacted of it at all, and his plan will not change. So uh, let's, let's go on. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive, uh, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword he must be slain. Um, here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Now let me just mention here in this phrase, if anyone is, take, is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. I think one of the ideas in there that, that I'll mention quickly is that we are n the people alive at that time are not excused because of the deception of the Antichrist. In other words, if they follow him, they're responsible for their actions. I've never told you this before. I had a brief period of time in my life when I was involved in some cross-dressing. Some of you don't look surprised at all, which really concerns me. But uh, Now, this you've got to be old to remember this, but back when I was in grade school, there was a comedian called Flip Wilson named Flip Wilson. And Flip Wilson had a character that he did uh, called Geraldine. And Geraldine would come out, and uh, for some reason, I got in the talent show in our little elementary school, and I was Geraldine. Uh, but Geraldine was famous for this line. She would come out, and she would say, the devil made me do it, honey. The devil made me do it. Uh, over and over again, the devil made me do it. What, what one of the things this passage is telling us is that is not acceptable excuse. Okay, the devil made me do it. No, at this point, uh, those who are uh, part of his onslaught, those who are torturing Christians, they're responsible too. Okay, it is not, okay, this all falls on him. There's those that follow him. And here is a call for endurance and faith of the saints. Uh, one of the other translations uses the word hope in there too. This is where we have our hope that those who are doing wrong, that evil will meet its end. That they're, they're, it's going to be conquered. And this is a theme that's going to come up a lot more as we go through a revelation. When I saw another beast, okay, now here comes the uh, 
false prophet to join in here, rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb and it spoke like a dragon. So it's going to uh, look like a lamb, but speak like a dragon. Uh, and that way, as two horns, uh, obviously a lesser degree than that first beast. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. Again, they're pointing that out again. It's obviously a big deal that, that uh, he has this wound that is healed. And it performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of the people. And by these signs uh, that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth. So all these signs and wonders. Telling them, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and let live. Three times, we've got to work this in there. Every time, this is important that you see this, that he has overcome this injury or even death. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast. Will this be a computer? I have no idea. Possibly it could be. But one way or another, this image that they build is going to come to life. It is going to speak and cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to beast to be slain. Also, it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead. Listen, when you talk about the idea of the mark of the beast, uh, what do you think that will be, Pastor? Hey, again, old guy, I remember when that was the Visa card. Okay, don't take a Visa card, it's dangerous. Okay, listen, a Visa card is very dangerous. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, but I don't think it's the mark of the beast. You know, and then, well, it's your phone, you know, uh, that, that you have that and everything like that. All I know is this, if it ever comes to the place where I'm around here and people are passing out little things that go on your right hand or, the, or my forehead, don't go near it. So, and we ought to know very well that the technology for something like this is already in place. Okay, I mean, we, we used to, you know, say, hey, they're developing. Now they've developed. I mean, you can look online and find the capacity to, to have a system like this where everybody has, you know, whether it is something just under the skin or in, uh, on top of the skin or where it is like that, but to have that so easy. And, you know, I'm a little paranoid. Okay, I'm a lot paranoid. I don't even like to tap my credit card for that reason. You know, I don't know why I feel better if it actually goes in the middle. <laughs> you know, I feel like... Tch. Oh, man, no. The next thing, it's going to be a chip in my hand. Uh, but uh, I'm a little par paranoid like that, and I'm not really trying to spread that paranoia. But what I am saying is you can certainly see where this would happen. Finishing up the chapter, so no one could buy or sell unless he has this mark. That is the name of the beast, the number on his hand. Uh, this calls for wisdom. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is 666. Now, as I read through this, uh, some of you are probably more educated than I as far as the details of the Antichrist and everything like that. But I, as I read it, at first, you know, I'm writing down all these notes and everything and these theories. And I thought, you know, I really don't, I want to, st I want to look at this as the Bible presents it, but I don't want it to be all about him. I didn't want our service to be, hey, let's, let's focus on that and be obsessed with that. I want us, again, to be obsessed with the true Christ, not the Antichrist. But as I read this thing about uh, calling for wisdom, I thought, okay, there's definitely some cautions, I think, that we can take away from this chapter 13, just in our everyday life today. So I want to bring some of those out, kind of like warning, dangerous, watch out for this. The first one, I want you to be aware of the instead of. And what I mean by that is this, the word antichrist doesn't actually mean opposite of Christ. It does mean instead of Christ, okay? And 
It doesn't mean that Satan is going to be the exact opposite of everything that Jesus is, but he is going to be a lame substitute. However, and this is something that keeps coming up as I study this, he is going to be the type of savior that everybody's looking for. When Jesus came to earth and walked on this earth, he did not solve all the economic trouble. In fact, you remember when he fed the multitudes, some folks tried to chase after him and say, we want to make you king, and he, he fleed that. That wasn't what he came to do. He did not solve all the political problems and unite everybody together and uh, defeat Rome or exalt Rome or anything. That wasn't what he did, but that was the Savior that many people were looking for, and that continues to be the Savior that many people look for. Um, I would imagine that this individual will be very handsome, Okay, Jesus, the Bible says there is no form of comeliness that we should desire him. There's nothing really that indicates that Jesus was, if you want to say, super charismatic. Uh, and, you know, just everybody was drawn to him because of his charisma, because of his love and his truth. They were drawn to him, and, uh, but not because of, you know, this great charisma that he had or anything like that. I believe that this one will have this and people will flock to him. So we want to be ultra careful about the idea of the instead of, you know, this substitute, this guy who appears as a winner, this one who says he can solve all our problems. People want that. I'd love to have somebody solve all my problems and just leave me alone. I don't really want a king. And when there's some things about the true Jesus that uh, rub people the wrong way, for example, when Jesus uh, talks about the idea that he didn't come, there, there's some places where because of his teaching, people are actually going to be divided. Brother against brother, sister against sister, mother against daughter. Man, we don't want to hear that. Instead of, let's find a Jesus that, uh, that we like. Let's find a Jesus who is saying the things that we want to hear. It, we don't want a Jesus who is saying things that make us uncomfortable, like take up your cross and follow me. Let's, instead of, let's find what we want. And the first caution I think that we take as we look at this is to be careful that we are not doing this. We're not trying to form and have a Savior the way we exactly want him to be. Jesus came to suffer and die on the cross for sin and make a way for us to be made right with God. We want somebody who solves all our problems here and lets us alone. So the first caution, I'd say, is beware of the instead of. I'd also encourage you to beware of crisis control. Now, folks, <laughs> if I ever wanted to be controversial, now's my chance. But I think we can all agree, before we start disagreeing, that governmental powers take advantage of crisis. Okay? Now, careful, Pastor, uh, because we have different ideas about where that is a good thing. Today is 9-11. Okay? So remember, after 9-11, we have, uh, what, the Patriot Act, and people fight about that still today. Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? It gave the government more uh, look into our life and maybe more control. And uh, go ahead. I might as well go here, too, uh, with, with the whole, everything that happened with the pandemic. You know, how much control should the government have? How, how much should they and everything like that? And we will constantly, you know, there are not every area is black and white. I mean, there are some areas where we think, okay, yes. I, I mean, I, I don't think, I'm not promoting libertarianism any more than I promote, re, promote republicanism or democraticism. I don't think our answer is in any of that. I think it's in his kingdom. I want to come back to that idea. But, uh, but you know, we can fight about this whole idea, but I think we ought to realize that 
in situations of peril, which is described, you know, during this tribulation time, people are looking for somebody uh, who will step up and say, I can solve your problems. Uh, I have an answer for you, and I'm going to, okay, again, some of you are going to be like, Pastor, you're a radical uh, conspiracy theorist, but I feel like I, I ought to say this, beware of somebody that says, I'm doing this for your good. When they've got something they're going to do for everybody, beware of that. And again, I'm not commenting on specifics. I'm honestly not. I'm not smart enough to. I'm not telling you what to do with your lives. I, I don't play that game. But beware of somebody. Uh, you know, I, I was Googling and researching a little bit of some of this stuff this week and, and uh, reading about, you know, the system that they have in place to help people. You know, the old, I've fallen and I can't get up. Well, they have a system that, it, if I understand right, that's basically ready to go where everybody gets a little chip that'll take care of that. You don't have to press a button and say, I've fallen and I can't get up. And they said, this is for the elderly, you know, and everything like that. They won't have to. As soon as they've fallen and they can't get up, this chip will know and it'll send a message. And you say, well, that's wonderful, you know, protection. I'm just saying, it scares me a little bit. Uh, I am weary of those who are going to step in. Uh, but, you know, but we, uh, I guess I want, I want to say it like this. We are constantly looking for the government to make us safer. And I would follow it with this question, how's that working out for us? I just want to say it like that. And again, please don't, well, Pastor, win all conspiracy theories. I'm really not. I'm not attacking any specific thing because I don't know that I'm smart enough to do it. But I am saying I think that's an area where we want to be cautious because I think that's, the Antichrist is going to come in and say, I've got your problem solved. I'm going to do this for your good. I mean, why would people follow this? Because it's for our good. And we want to be careful of that. Okay, a third thing to be very careful of is personality. Now, real quickly, it is bad enough, and it is bad, that our politics are all about personality. You know, we seldom, seldomly is anybody voting on substance. It's, you know, this soundbite and what this person said and everything like that. That's bad enough, but where we really want to watch it is when it comes to the church of Jesus Christ, and especially pastors. Okay, watch that. I speak to you knowing that for most of you, you will have another pastor in your lifetime. Okay, for one reason or another, <laughs> uh, it, you will. And I, and I want to say just be careful because there is such a tendency among God's people to be following after personality. And I would just say, please be cautious uh, be very cautious about that. You know, this person has this charisma and seems to have all the answers or whatever like that. Be very cautious of that. Two more I wanted to hit real fast. Religious unity. You say, well, that's a good thing, right? Well, definitely the Bible talks about uh, the idea of the importance of unity in the church and among his believers. But what is going to happen with this false prophet and with the Antichrist is he is going to unite, if you will, all the religions of the world. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful that, the, you know, that the, the Muslims and the Jews and the Christians are going to be united together? Isn't that wonderful? And I want to tell you, no, it is not. It is not wonderful. Because we have this idea already brewing that it doesn't really matter. One religion is the same as the next. Okay? And, and I want to say this again. If you're going to reject Christianity, you know, that's your call. But you can't say it's just like every other religion. It is not. The mere fact that Jesus stood and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, says, no, you can't have all the other religions and say, oh, they're just as good. 
uh, because either Jesus is right or uh, he's a big liar. And in that case, I don't want to be a Christian. Follow him. It's one way or another. We can't have it where they're all the same. It just doesn't make any sense. It's, it's totally illogical. Going real quickly, but I want to get to the last one. Be careful of the signs and wonders. Okay, we're going to bring this giant image to life, and everybody's going to follow. Look at, the, look at the incredible miracles. It must be true. You might remember when the disciples were excited about the fact that God had given them some miracles to do and signs and wonders. Jesus said this to them. He said, don't rejoice that you, about the signs and wonders. Rejoice that your name has been written in the book of life. Okay, that, that's where the most important thing. And just remember, yes, God is a God of wonders, uh, but... Satan is a counterfeiter. And from the very beginning, you think about the plagues and, and uh, the way that the magicians of Pharaoh decided to try to copy everything that God did. Now, their copies were inferior, to be sure, but they copy everything. And they have, you know, just some amazing uh, things that people are going to see, and we're going to follow after that. So we're not following after personality, and we're not following after signs and wonders. We're following after truth and after love, and those are, those are our anchors there that we go after. So be very careful in a world that is already filled with deception. I have no idea if the Antichrist lives today or not. Okay? I should tell you some of the other pictures that came up in, in, in there. Uh, but uh, I have no idea. But again, my focus, and this is a, a bottom line, if you will, today. My focus is to get you not to be looking for the Antichrist, but to look, be looking for Jesus Christ. And be, and be focusing on, on that over and over again and get our, get our focus there. And, um, and my, my, the other thing I guess I wanted to walk away with uh, or get you to take away for a moment is this. This business of him saying, either you follow after him or your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I want you to consider that for a moment. A couple years ago, Francis and I were coming back from visiting my son in Colorado and uh, I said, why don't we just drive through? You ever get like that on a trip? I don't want to stop. I don't want to pay for a hotel. We'll just drive through. And uh, we had made it across Nebraska, and we'd started into Iowa. And I don't know if other people get like I don't actually fall asleep, but I start to, like, lose perspective, and I, and I imagine things. Uh, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, I jerked off the road. Fred said, well, I said, that car coming right, right at us. She said, there were no car coming right at us. But somehow, you know, everything got kind of weird. She said, we need to stop. Uh, and we pulled over. She said, I need to drive. Uh, and uh, so she's driving on the road, and I'm on my phone, and I called up a hotel in Des Moines. Uh, and I said, hey, do you have a room? And they said, yeah. And I said, okay. I said, I think we'll be there about an hour. Uh, and they said, okay. So I walk into the hotel room, and I said, give her my name. And she says, we don't have you anywhere. I said, I just called an hour ago. She said, no, we don't have you anywhere. Uh, and so I took my phone, and I pressed the redial button. Sure enough, their light lit up. Uh, so I called this hotel. I know I did. Uh, and she said, well, we don't have you on the list, but we'll get you in. Okay? That was kind of a scary feeling for a little mi minute there. We don't have you anywhere. You're not on the list. Okay? The Bible talks about the idea that when we trust Jesus Christ, it's our name is written in this book of life. And folks, it's either there or it isn't. I can't, you know, it's either there or it isn't. I can't, I can't paint it any other way. Either you believe in Jesus Christ as Savior and have trusted him with your life, or you're rejecting him and saying, no, that's not for me. I, I mentioned this be before, 
part of me, when I get in the book of Revelation, treads sadly, but a little fearful because I'm like, man, I don't want to come out. And this guy's talking about the Antichrist and the beast, and the guy's wacko. But for me, again, I go back to my teenage years. And when I heard about this, I thought to myself, my name's not written in that book. How do I get it written there? And my brother told me how to get it written there. He said, Dan, you want to confess to God that you're a sinner. You can't get to heaven on your own. Okay? You need the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And, and ask him for that forgiveness. Trust him to be come into your life, clean you up, because you can't do it on your own. And at that point, and I love, I, I don't, by the way, I don't believe God has an eraser. Okay? I think once that name goes down, we're golden. Okay? It's there. And I have, I stand before you with complete confidence that when it comes time to that, he's not going to I don't have you on the list. You're not here. I have complete confidence because I trusted in a God who cannot lie. Trust in him. So we're, we're not going to close with a song today because I knew we'd be running just a little late with communion and everything like that. I'm just going to close with a word of prayer. Uh, but, um, you know, I always want to say this. I do nothing more important here than talk about salvation being through jesus christ nothing okay nothing not anything we try to do to help kids or family or anything like that most important thing is the souls of men so if this is something that god's spirit is kind of pricking your heart a little bit because you're like oh man i'm not sure i know it's uh please i would love to talk to you introduce you to somebody else who could talk to you a little bit more about that knowledge of jesus christ father um you know, I kind of want to play Holy Spirit here. I'd, I'd love to be able to convict people, and I can't. Uh, so I surrender that. I want to lay that down before you, Lord. Only your Spirit can draw somebody, uh, can convince them that they need you. And uh, I just want to lay that before you, Lord, and ask for him to powerfully work in our lives. Lord, only your Spirit can convince them, too, that uh, ultimate victory is, is ours in you. When we look at a, a world that seems upside down and we see the opposite of that in so many places uh, lord would your spirit minister uh, in convincing us of that victory that is already won on the cross of calvary in the resurrection of jesus christ over sin and death um, lord help us to trust that i pray in your name amen okay hey one other thing i do two other things i want to mention oh uh pastor uh the other guy Josh, uh, he mentioned the benevolent offering. That benevolent box is only out in this hallway. If you'd like to give to help out uh, folks going to the uh, Amazing Acres and provide that, that we can get that opportunity for them through the foster care system. Uh, then uh, there's also the other offering boxes are at both doors uh, for the regular tithe and offering. And then I just really want to encourage your prayers uh, next week. You can, you can break out in spontaneous cheer if you want. Next week, I will not be preaching. Uh, we'll have a guest from Life Action, and we're going to have a great time. And, and uh, I am really continuing just to pray. Okay, sorry. Real transparent for a second here again. I, I need this. 
Okay, I need a little somebody to come in, be excited about the Lord and share with me and, and everything like that. And I think we all could just use the, use the excitement and the energy of being here worshiping the Lord together. So I want to invite you back next week. I want you to be praying about it. If you haven't picked up, picked up a prayer card, there's a couple of those left out here or that is online that you can join us in the days of prayer that actually started this past Tuesday, but join in anytime. Uh, we are not going to meet. Uh, some of us were scheduled to meet uh, for prayer today. We're not going to do that, but I do want to encourage you all to be praying uh, throughout the week, our guests come in actually Friday night, and we'll be setting up on Saturday, and we will be ready to go on Sunday uh, for a great week and asking the Lord to do wonderful things. Let's stand. Let's say we got this unholy trinity, right? We got the devil, we got the antichrist, we got the false prophet, but who are we focusing on? Then get out of here. <laughs> You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.